Igniting Hope Ministries welcomes you. Prepare yourself to listen to a message that will spark hope and renew your mind. Hi, Steve Backlin here from Igniting Hope Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. The title of the day's message is Steve, Why Are You Not Radically Joyful Now? This is going to be a fun one. And some of you are in our Transformational Mind Renewal course right now. You're listening to that. It's month three of the course, and it's about joy. And so this kind of fits. And if you're new to Igniting Hope or you want to be a part of that course, we will do it again. I know next September, five-month course, we might, we'll be doing some other things before that. So if you're not getting our newsletter at ignitinghope.com, sign up for that. You'll know about different things that we're doing. But thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Again, Steve, why are you not radically joyful now? I love looking at the questions that are in the Bible. Now, this one that I just said is not necessarily in the Bible word for word, but it could be interpreted uh, in different settings as close to that. But there's the questions of the Bible, like there's powerful ones. God asked Elijah in 1 Kings 19 when he's in a cave, what are you doing here? God asked Adam and Eve, who told you that you were naked? Who told you that? He asked Ezekiel in Ezekiel 37, can these bones live? In John 5, 6, Jesus asked the man by the pool who had been infirm for almost four decades, do you want to be made well? And then Elisha asked the, the widow in 2 Kings 4, what do you have in your house? What do you have? I love God's questions because God isn't looking for information. His questions lead us into revelation. And the Lord in his relationship with me and in my prayer, my dialogue, and the word as I meditate on things, I get a great sense God asks me questions all the time. And I mean, one of them that we've highlighted recently is, Steve, what do you need to believe to have hope in this area? What do you need to believe to have hope in this area of your life? Or how much greatness is in the people in your life? Or who do you believe you're talking to right now? Because who you believe you're talking to is going to determine how empowering your speech is or not. Or the question, who do you think you are? Which I believe is the second most important question in all of life of after who we say Jesus is. But it's this question, why are we not radically joyful now? Now, I know that we weep with those who weep. There's times of mourning. But I believe that as an overall lifestyle, it is the will of God that we be joyful, that we delight ourselves in the Lord, that we serve the Lord with gladness. And the, the, as we press into that question... I believe it will help us understand why joy is one-third of the kingdom. Romans 14, 17 says, The kingdom of God is not about meat and drink, but about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I used to not believe joy was one-third of the kingdom. But then I began to understand that once you pursue joy, 
and you are not passive about it. It will help you confront needed areas of your life that are actually restricting and blocking the very dreams that you have. And so why am I not joyful now? And why am I not radically joyful? Well, just some of the reasons are, as I look in my own life, as I analyze, well, I'm not worthy to be joyful radically. Or I'm frustrated. I've got a perfectionistic attitude that creates frustration and blocks my joy. Or it's an unfulfilled promise that I really subconsciously think I cannot be radically joyful until I am experiencing the promise or I am experiencing the answered prayer or I'm in what I perceive to be my highest calling in in destiny. Or here's another reason. People I love are off course. They're not where I believe they should be or where I want them to be. Or I have concerns about the direction of my nation. Or I, here's one, I, I believe that if I become too joyful, I will stop working on needed areas of my life. Let's laugh of that. Or if I, I'm radically joyful, then everybody around me might think they're okay. <laughs> and I subconsciously don't want them to think they're okay. Here's another reason that I'm not radically joyful now is because I don't believe what I am doing is significant. And again, this ties into I, I'm waiting for my prophetic destiny, answered prayer, my highest calling. But the belief that what I'm doing is not significant, I'm not attaching faith, high levels of faith, great faith to what I'm doing, and that's a reason. Comparison is a reason. I'm not radically joyful because I have the habit of using negative comparison to create negative self-talk within my life. Or I'm focused too much on the temporal and not the eternal. So I'm looking for all of my fulfillment to be in this life. I'm looking at the world standard of success. I'm not viewing eternity. I'm not valuing eternity, storing up riches in heaven. Maybe I'm not radically joyful because there's too much pain around me and I, I feel guilty about being radical <laughs> in my joy. Or I'm just tired. Or I'm disappointed. I'm, there's so many reasons. Now, here's the thing. Some, somebody asked me, well, what do you mean by radical joy? Does God want us to be radically joyful? And it interests me in the Bible how many places where it describes joy or joy is mentioned that it puts an adjective in front of joy and to highlight it. For instance, Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy, not halfness, fullness. In James 1, 2, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you fall into various trials, pure joy. Romans 15, 13, probably my favorite verse. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy. Jesus said, these things I say to you, 
that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full. Peter talks about a joy unspeakable and full of glory. When the angel was announcing to the shepherds in Luke 2.10, he said this, he said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all the people. And it's clear that with all these adjectives, that God is telling us something, that that's what we are to possess. That's the standard that we're, we're going after. And so this question, why am I not radically joyful now? As I ponder that, and I've really been pondering it lately, and I've said this, if you've listened to my podcasts, I say on pretty much every one of them at the end of the podcast, I say, and I want to remind you that the joy of the Lord is your strength. And we don't need strength at the end of the battle. We need strength in the middle of the battle. And for pretty much everybody listening, today's not a good day to walk in radical joy. We're either too tired, we're too disappointed, we're frustrated with ourselves, frustrated with people, hearing too much bad news through the media, financial pressures, etc. Joy in a more convenient season, I will call for you. And I have never found it. I've never found a time in my life where everything is all lined up for me to walk in this radical, full joy, all joy, pure joy. <laughs> There's never been a time. I've always had to choose. And certainly, I believe in belief, joy. I believe the more truth you believe is the more joy you're going to have. But even in that, as I keep progressing to possess the highest, it's, it's more often than not, it is a choice that I'm making. So here's the point that I want to make today. This question, Steve, why are you not radically joyful now? And I'll ask that to you. Put your name. Why are you not radically? You might be radically joyful now. And I'm not going to assume that everybody's not. But I would say a lot listening are not radically joyful right now. And as we meditate on that, as we pull out the reasons and we put language to the reasons, I'm perfectionistic. I'm not wor worthy enough for joy. I'm get too many negative circumstances. By the way, even if you've messed up, and when we sow negative seeds, we reap a negative harvest. Those negative harvests create the potential for a lack of joy in our lives just because we're fighting negative circumstances, etc. So and even if that's the case, once we turn to the Lord, Romans 8:28 says all things work together for good for those who love God and are the called according to his purposes. We just reaffirm and receive the love of God and and respond with our own love and and just surrender and we say God I I surrender to your call as Isaiah heard in Isaiah 6 he heard the voice saying who will go for me and Isaiah said, here am I, send me. When we say, Lord, here am I, send me. And 
then Romans 8.28 starts working very powerfully in our lives, even if we've messed up. And the joy of the Lord is part of that. Delight yourself in the Lord. Not delight yourself in yourself. Delight in the Lord. Keep your eyes on Him. Hey, I believe this. Hey, God, God asks great questions. Even the questions I mentioned at the beginning are great. But this question, why are we not radically joyful now? Somebody listening is going to take that thing and go a long way with that to bring freedom, joy, and strength to other people. Hey, Steve Backlin here. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. If these messages bless you, tell somebody else about them. Hey, and if you're ever, you want to sow a financial seed into igniting hope to just help us take this message of hope and victorious mindsets and joy to the ends of the earth, you can go to our website and you can click donate there. Thank you so much. And even if you don't, that's fine. Just pray for us. And, and I want to remind you, I've already reminded you about joy, but I want to remind you that we're here to ignite your hope. There's no hopeless circumstances. There's only hopeless people. And once, excuse me, people without hope. I don't want to put an identity on them. There's only people without hope. And once people get true hope, circumstances cannot stay the same. Hope is an unstoppable force. If something's going to change, somebody has hope. Somebody believes the future will be better than the present, and they have the power to help make it so. I believe after love, hope is the most powerful leadership, influential quality that there is. Hey, before I go, I'm recording this at the end of October 2020. We're starting November 2nd. My wife, Wendy's Feasting on the Spirit, a 28-day journey. It's a, there's a free level you can sign up for on our website where you get an email every day. There's a $25 level that has this everything that's on level one plus a bunch of extra content there. Check it out. We've been doing it for years and people's lives have been really ministered to. Thanks so much. God bless. We hope that you have been blessed by this message. For more resources, you can visit our website at ignitinghope.com.